Welcome back to Fast Women. I'm Eileen. And I am Nicole. And we are still in the very cementy hotel room in Scottsdale, Arizona, recording two episodes back-to-back for you. We took a a break for dinner. We did, and and a cocktail. Admittedly, we had a cocktail. What did you have? I had a French 75, which I have discovered is a very fancy... It's but it was the hibiscus. It's the hotel's twist on it. You had a very you had an Eileen esque drink. Like was, normally you're like bourbon I'm, or like I'm old, old fashioned. I'm an old fashioned person, mm-hmm. but now I'm like no. I think today I'm going with this silly goofy French seventy five, which was lovely. Yeah. And then because we are the fanciest, and we could have had steak and all sorts of, we had grilled cheese and chicken fingers. We did because we are bar. we are classy women. <laughs> we were joined by our friend Brandon from Motor One, who is yeah. just lovely, and and we we did a little bit of um, low class highbrow drinking and eating. Yes, um, one cocktail each because we have to talk to you and be polite about it. Right. So we don't need me to be doing using any MFers. No, like we have on that lovely vase we talked about in the last yes, episode. Exactly. Um. So yeah. So we're going <laughs> to talk this episode. We're going to theme. It's going to be called Versus. Right, yes. we're going to talk about lots of vehicles we've been driving lately that we mm-hmm. haven't told you about yet, and kind of talk about them compared to the competition. But yes. if you like lots of really heavy stats and you like knowing like every little bit in detail about the vehicle, guess what? This isn't the episode for you. No, there are other places that will do all the nitty gritty of comparing X minus X plus X horsepower. We're going to look at really just the overall vehicle and compare them and what makes them. The layperson, a bit different and more interesting. Yes, and at the end, Nicole is going to ask me questions. I have no idea what they are. She hasn't even written them yet. I have not. That's how prepared we are for mm-hmm. this episode, but we are here to give it to you straight, and we will start right now. All right, so I have been driving the Jeep Wagoneer L Carbide. That's the one that's all blacked out, right? Yeah, okay. it's got the black roll. So the, like, okay, let's be honest. I don't really like, like, I'm going to say the back third of the Wagoneer. Like, it's, it's not very, their best effort. It's a big box. It is. And, like, the back window, like, I get why they did it, like, historically speaking, but it's just it not. It does look a lot like the old school it's Wagoneer. Not, it's not their designer's best effort. No, you don't You don't like it? I'm okay with it. Like, I, I get it. All big, I don't like it. All big SUVs, I think most of them, they get to a, they, there's a certain, when they reach a certain land yacht size. Yes. <laughs> there's some, it's like, the, it's like the designer's like, this is all we got, guys. You want it? This is what you got. Yeah. And I do feel like it's very much that the vehicle was impacted by by crash testing. You're like, they wanted the window to be bigger, but crash test said they couldn't. Right. And like, it definitely felt like that when we saw the initial design. And I mean, you and I first drove this. And we were just talking about this at dinner. At, yeah. In New York City. Like, a Which couple I, years and ago. And I get that their idea between, behind doing it was in New York City. It was what... That very many shoppers would, they're upscale, they live, they could live in New York City, and they, they drive their car out from the city to go to their fancy resort for the weekend or the lodge or whatever. But like, do they? Do they live in New York City and drive a Wagoneer? I'm like, say especially no. I was driving the Wagoneer L, which has like what a foot of extra space oh my on the gosh. back. I felt it felt so big. I, like, I'm not nervous. It's driving a full size pickup truck size. But it was like I looked and like, and people in New York City, there's no space. Like, you can just reach one pinky out the window and you're touching the neighbor's car. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm going to ruin a $100,000 car in these streets. Yeah, it, it's a lot of car. It's a big car. It's a lot of car. But yeah, so this one has the blacked out grill. It's got surrounds on the wheel arches that are black. It has black between the windows, black roof rails, black badging, uh, black around the window surrounds. That is the way to go for this car. This is the best possible option it for it. It looks really good. It does. And I had it with the River Rock exterior paint. I believe it's the color that it what was. Is River Rock? Gray? So it, it must be dark no, gray. No, no, no. So it's like a gray black, but it, it's blue. 
But it's this oh, cool, like cool. from a distance, you really it look like you can see it as different blue and different lights. I really like it because it kind of feels stealthy to me that it's like all these different colors come out. You can get it in black, you can get it in gray, mm-hmm. getting a silver and a maroon and a white. But like this color was just so cool and different. Like I really liked it. Like I was yeah. like, this is actually really cool. So had that vehicle, and I've obviously driven, haven't driven the L. So the L has the new Hurricane engine, which the Hurricane's the successor to the Hellcat. <laughs> and, like, there's just a lot going on there with names <laughs> over it at Fiat Chrysler Stellantis Incorporated. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so we uh, drove that. We I drove that. Um, first of all, the engine is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That engine is, there is no turbo lag. There is no want for power. And you're talking, this is not a light vehicle. Like, it's a heavy vehicle. Yeah. It's fantastic. That engine, it's fuel, relatively fuel efficient. I mean, for a vehicle of that size, I don't know the MPG. I drove it in city and on highway. I drove it at, I will say this. I may have pressed the speed limit. Just a <gasps> smidge. Eileen. I know. It's going to surprise you. I am shocked. But I will say Mother this car. Ever. Are you kidding me? I'm, this car is much happier the faster you go. There's like a sweet spot mm. between 75 and 80 where it's just happy as a clam. Yeah. Just sitting there cruising. And it's something, there's something about the electronic steering. And like, it just, it, it works. It like, is that a, is the speed. It is happiest There's some very large SUVs like that. When you hit higher speeds, highway speeds, you don't have to get that fast. You yeah, yeah. You're like 65. And you really start to feel like, okay, it's a little unwieldy. Mm-hmm. This is a big thing. It really doesn't want to go this fast. And that is not the case. No, this one, it's like, oh, I found its sweet spot. Like, yes. this is, exa- it's like me when I sit on my couch and I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, like, that's where that car was. It was just like, I am capable. I am confident. I can do this. Now, I will say this. I wish it had better lane centering technologies. Mm-hmm. I wish it had more of that adaptive, uh, the advanced systems of, uh, of safety and 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 lane keeping and things like that. Yeah, it had lane. It had lane monitoring, but it's so big that like literally it could be like. So it's got like these two green lines on the side of the vehicle projected, and you can like the lane lines, right? You like move a smidge to the right, and it's like orange, orange, caution, you're about to die. Yeah. You move like back to the center of the lane, and it's literally like a half inch difference because the vehicle is so big. That's what, you have very little play. Like you, so I've driven and that. Through, there's there's a scary scary tunnel in Boston on the way to the airport. It's, or on the way out of the airport, it's called the Sumner Tunnel. Yes. And they're currently doing construction. So it was once sort of nasty, gross, disgust, disgusting cement is now like pieces of cement and there's bolts holding things up and wood. And I swear it got smaller when they removed all the cement. <laughs> so you drive through it now and you have this sense like, I'm going to scrape the walls in that. It's horrifying. Yeah, and like it's when you're horrifying. and when you're driving, you're like want if you're in a construction zone. Like I drove it through on the highway in a construction zone. I was like, I'm gonna be in the left lane because I can see exactly what is next to yes. me, and I know exactly I know how close I can get to it. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something. And I mean, full size pickup trucks are like this too. Same thing. But it's but it is. And I will say this: I give Jeep a lot of credit. The mirrors on that car are fantastic. Yeah. Like you can see, there's not. I mean, you can't turn around and see like to check your blind spot, like to physically check it. But when you're looking at those mirrors, those side you view mirrors, view of everything. they are fantastic. Kudos to Jeep on that. Like yep. they did a hell of a job. And that's one of those things that you don't really think about, but it's something that engineers have to constantly think about. Yeah, those mirrors are fantastic. So. Like the Wagoneer L, and honestly, I expected it to be twenty thousand dollars more than it is. See, because everyone talks about how expensive this is, and is this not isn't cheap. the Grand Wagoneer. This no, is the Wagoneer. The Wagoneer. So it's, but it's still, even not as the Grand, the Wagoneer is not an it's expensive great. car. But you know, what people hate on them. The interiors of those, I it's fine. Hating it, they're like, there's too much. I'm like, the only thing is, there's an abundance of piano black. 
There is a lot. And I will say this. I drove it during what we in the South call pollen season. And it did gather. But I wasn't offended by the amount of... And I was in and out of it a lot. It I wasn't like, like it, it. the door was shut. I was fine with it. I think it, I, I love the interiors. I think they did a good job of yeah. giving you a very... It's an expensive vehicle. You you want it to have like leathers and wood and all these fancy... Tra- it looks gorgeous inside. Yes. Chris Benjamin, who is the lead interior designer for this vehicle, did a hell of a job. He did. I believe he is. If he might be Grand Cherokee Ellen, there was another one. I'm going to say it's actually his best friend, maybe, who did this one. I don't remember okay. now. And now I feel bad. Whoever you are. Whoever Jeep you are. Fantastic. Nice job. Yeah. The new Jeep vehicles have amazing interiors. They are definitely premium and above. Yeah. But it was, it's one of those things where it's like, I got into the car and I didn't expect it to like it as much. Now, it's only 77000 the way I had it equipped. Mm-hmm. And that's with four-wheel drive, the special carbide edition. It's a mid-grade level, so it doesn't have everything on it, but it's got 20-inch wheels that are black. I mean, it's got a lot of what you're going to like. 10-inch infotainment screen. Like, I expect it to be a $90,000 vehicle. Yeah. And that, I think, just speaks to the high quality of the interior. I did not mind driving it. I parked it in the grocery store. I was perfectly fine parking it. It's big, but it's not... It's not hard to drive. Like, no. it's just big. It's big. You have to be comfortable driving a large vehicle that takes up a lot of space in the lane. But it's not... It handles well enough. It's not unwieldy. It's just that it's large. If you're coming off of driving something really tiny, you're driving a little subcompact car, and then you get in that, it feels like a tank. But you do get used to it pretty quick. Absolutely. So now I'm going to ask you... Now, I know that you own a Jeep, so put that bias aside here. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about it versus the Yukon, the Escalade, and the Suburban, because that's its closest competition. Right. Is it better than the Yukon, the Wagoneer? I'm going to say yes because I think the interior is better. I agree. Even though we have the Ultimate Denali Denali Ultimate now, yeah. I Ultimate still agree Denali with you. The Ultimate Denali Ultimate comes close. They do yes. in terms of the just the overall design. But I think in terms of the quality of the materials, Jeep wins. And I will say that the Jeep is easier to drive than the Yukon. Yes. Like, I definitely found that to be the case. That whole we were talking about, that sort of feeling kind of unwieldy when you get yeah. up to high speeds. UConn has that. Yes. So you do start to feel it. We're like, oh, I'm going to ease up. And they just both a have an air, adjustable air suspension. Yeah. So they shouldn't, technically speaking, it should, it should be better because than that. Because it should be better. Yeah. It should be better because it should be, you know, raising and lowering to make the most of the aerodynamics on the highway. And yeah, I don't think the Yukon does as good a job. So Escalade is basically an upgraded Yukon, let's be honest. Um, and they've upgraded that since it debuted. Do you feel like the Escalade is better than the car, mm. the Wagoneer? I mean, that's going to, I guess, price-wise, wise, it's going to be more like Grand Wagoneer. Yeah, because the Escalade is pricier, yeah. right? So, I mean, you're paying more. Okay, if you were to say, like, equalize the price between the Wagoneer and the Escalade, don't, I don't know. That feels close. But you know what? Okay, now it's a personal opinion thing. Yeah, yeah. Really. Tell us. Like, Tell us your personal well, because, opinion. Because, like, do you like, I feel like Escalade is just flashier. Is it better or worse? I feel like it's a flashier interior. It's just more brash to me. I just—it's just, a—it's a style choice. It's a style. That's what yeah. I mean. It's like—is it better or worse? It's just flashier. So if you want a little bit more flash, I feel like you get that in the Escalade. I don't. I feel like Jeep has all the has the luxury, but it's a little more toned down. I mean, it's still like in your face luxury. It's just not as flashy as I, Escalade. I will say so. Having driven the Escalade and the Escalative, which is the Escalade V series, right. oh my, those gosh. both have very heavy engines in them. Yeah, and I feel like to me that Wagoneer wins out. Versus them, Wagoneer or Grand Wagoneer, because of this new engine. Because it makes the vehicle lighter, it's more nimble, it's yeah. easy to easier to drive. And I think the materials are right there with Escalade. And you're right, it's not as flashy. It's a totally different look. It's a totally different customer. It's like a very like. different person at once. And also, the like, comparing the two of them, Escalade is not an off-road vehicle. No, not at all. I mean, like, let's, realistically, you're not bringing your no. $100,000 Grand Wagoneer. You're probably not bringing off-road either. 
but you could. You genuinely yes, could. Yes, you can, and we've done it. Yeah, we did so some substantial can, off-roading like, in it. There's stuff you can do in the Grand Wagoneer that the Escalade is just is not their thing. It's yeah. not their do. And, and I do feel like, so it's like whatever money that they spent on Chrome and Escalade, Jeep spent that on 4 by 4 Yes, that, that's, like that's, that yes, feels like that's where we are. plates. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and a few other things to keep the car going yeah. in, the, in the Grand Wagoneer, and they're like, let's put more Chrome in the Escalade. So the next thing is going to be Suburban. And I'm going to say this, personal opinion aside, I feel like the Yukon is the upgraded Suburban, the Escalade is the upgraded Yukon. Yeah. I feel like that's how that goes. So that's I feel like pretty accurate. Yeah, so Suburban's going to be last on our list. Yeah. In terms of these four. Yes. So so Suburban, Yukon, and then Wagoneer and Escalator kind of... Kind of like, your style. That, right. Make and it style. really is a style thing. I don't think it, it's... It's style and whether you want a 4x4. Four four. If you want a four-wheel drive vehicle, it can really go off-road. You're going to go to Jeep. That's fair enough. All right. So we have debated that. When we come back, we'll debate more about the Jeep Wagoneer. We're talking about minivans, and we'll talk about electrified SUVs. We'll be right back. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, welcome back to Fast Women. In our last segment, we talked about the Jeep Wagoneer, which I just drove, and Nicole's driven it before, and we drove it before mm-hmm. that. We're just we're very familiar with the Wagoneer at this point. Um, we're also very familiar with the Jeep Grand Cherokee L, mm-hmm. which is in this very unique spot where it is larger than a traditional Grand Cherokee, so it's got three rows instead of two, but it's smaller than a Wagoneer, which is this kind of land yacht luxury SUV. Right. So... Talk to me about that. I, I And I don't have a question about who the customer is for that, because I understand, like, it's somebody who wants a third row if they have to use it, but also wants to be able to put it down or put the dog back there and has a extra cargo room. Like, I totally understand the Grand Cherokee the Grand Cher- L. And I, I think, well, and I think that, you know, the the thing is with the, the Wagoneers, when you start getting up to them, you're, you're going for a much more premium vehicle and you're paying a, a pretty penny for that, right? So if you still want, like, Jeep capability, you still want Jeep, you still want that third row... But it's like, I don't want all the fancy that comes with going to the next vehicle, like truly this whole mm-hmm. new vehicle planet. The L makes a lot of sense. If you have the extra cargo that you want to bring along. And with your, if you have a big family, you probably, you know, you sometimes you have, like, just try to get away for a weekend with four. It's crazy. If you have, mm-hmm. you know, five people or six people, you really do need a lot of cargo room. I really like the Grand Cherokee L. Like, I like it better than the regular Cher- Grand Cherokee. Why? I feel like... If so, to me, the Grand Cherokee almost feels like it's a little too much of everything for what it is. That like they just kind of shrunk down everything. The Grand Cherokee L and the Grand Cherokee kind of just feels like 
like I'm just like okay it's got all the stuff but it's like a little too heavy for its body like it just feels like it's got a little bit too much of everything packed into one now I haven't driven like a base model which is I think probably where I'd like it because it would be lighter right but also like I'm just kind of like I get into it and I'm like what I just don't understand not buying the Grand Cherokee L, and that's just me. But I just, I get why they make it. I just, at the same time, I'm just like, I just don't, compared to Grand Cherokee L, I feel like Grand Cherokee L is just so much better. Like, And, and it's a completely personal preference. Like, we could spec it out. We're not going to spec it. Right. Personal preference, Grand Cherokee L is the way to go. Hands down, I would own one. I like it that much. I don't like the Grand Cherokee. And it doesn't make sense. See, and, and, I, and, I, and I actually, okay, so here, you're wrong. Um, no. <laughs> so, well, all right. So, no, I actually, I like them both, but I like the just straight up Grand Cherokee, and that's actually the one I most recently drove. I had the Grand Cherokee Summit Reserve 4xE so you in like, my driveway recently. Okay, so do you like, I felt like when I drove the Grand Cherokee 4xE that it was very heavy. You like, do I feel, do feel the weight of the battery in that more than I feel... Like, I was just kind of like, this kind of feels like it's it's wearing it down a little bit more than it should. Yeah, you do feel the weight of the battery, but to me, it's not a cumbersome thing, and I like... They don't get the world's best fuel economy. It felt very tank-like. So, like, I yes. feel like I could run over crap in well, that vehicle. Well, you can run over crap. I did not kill anything in it, but <laughs> I did... We did get, like, uh, almost 16 inches of snow while uh-huh. I had that. I wanted it out of the driveway. It was in the way of plowing it. So I just like, what happens if I just throw this puppy in reverse and hit that? And it just went through. I, I was accelerating like I had to work my way through the, I don't know, three foot snow yeah, bank. Yeah, It was not that. It was a much. But it was just like, like whoa, right through. I'm like, oh, I'm in the street. And I live in a rural neighborhood. There was nobody around. I'm like, that went right through that snow bank. That, so I love that it does just right through stuff without hesitation at all. That, I mean, honestly, that's why you buy a Jeep, right? Yeah. So you can go through. Now, I will say, we talked about this a little bit two weeks ago. I was driving the Ford Bronco Sport through the snow, and there were a lot of people with Jeeps, and I was like, none of, why are you, none of you driving like I'm driving? Like, all of you, this vehicle, it was made for more. Well, like, I, it was made for more. And, and, and Jeeps are hugely popular in New England because of the snow. Like, that people yeah. are like, where are you getting a Jeep? It's not because I'm going off-road. It's because of the snow. And um, we drive them like, we, we drive them like they were God in Intended and we yes. <laughs> plowing the good Americans we, we are. You're like, I don't even stink and plow. Wham! I got a Jeep. So <laughs> absolutely okay. So we talk about Wagoneer versus Grand Cherokee L. Let's talk about Grand Cherokee L's competitors. Mm-hmm. Telluride, Palisade, and the new Kia EV9. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are kind of its key competition. So we haven't actually driven the EV9 yet. No, we haven't, and, and we, we don't have specifics about it. Very yet. light on specs, and honestly, there's a lot of speculation out there about things, but. Kia is confirming very, very little about right. This car we'll know right more um, the week following when this podcast airs. We yes. will have been at the briefing. We'll have seen it again in person. All right. that jazz. So we'll have a little bit more. But I feel like the EV9 could be give it a run for its money because of the, the money. I think it's going to be really, really well priced. I agree with that. I do feel like it's really well priced. It again has three rows. It's a different type of interior hospitality. It's much more like Grand Cherokee and Grand Cherokee L are very plush. Mm-hmm. You get into it and you're like, Jeep made a point to make this very premium. Mm-hmm. Kia has made the EV9. It's not that it's not premium. Right. It's different premium. It is very much like when you get an Ionic 5 and Ionic 6 and you're like, okay, this, and I'm not giving away anything with Ionic 6 because it's people have seen it, but like you get into it and you're like, this is Kia premium. Yes. Like it's it's a different level. And it's it's actually a little, it's, it's like, I want to say it's almost... Jeep goes a little more traditional route with mm-hmm. how they're what they consider premium. I agree with that. With the you know the real leathers and the real woods and those kind of things. Whereas um, you know Kia and Hyundai like they they tend to go more like we're we're using more sustainable things 
So it, it's a leatherette that's sustainable. And this was made from, you know, fishing net. And this was made from recycled water bottles. And this paint came from, you know, the charcoal that was, you know, came from tires. And, like, all these, they use all this weird stuff in a good way to make it. But it doesn't give you that traditional look inside of a car. It gives you a very unique look. But it's entirely different and much more... And it does give it a sort of cleaner look. It's a less cluttered look. And it mm-hmm. is less traditional because you also have, you know, that skateboard that's riding on. So you don't have to have the wells for feet like you do. The center console can move to and fro. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity there. And because it's a brand new vehicle, not that they, I mean, they completely redid Grand Cherokee. When they redid right. Grand Cherokee, they, they really redid, redid it. it. Yeah. But, but this is a brand new vehicle. So they got to kind of start from scratch. And because of the EV powertrain, you don't have a transmission tunnel. You don't have those things that that Grand Cherokee does have that eat into passenger space and mm-hmm. kind of dictate how your dashboard setup is going to be. So it'll be interesting to see how those translate. Now, you have just been in the Palisade again. I was in it a couple months ago. We've been in the Telluride together. Do we still like the Palisade and Telluride? I do still like them. I still like the Palisade and Telluride. You know, I was a huge fan, more so of the Telluride than the Palisade when they first came out. It was like a very fine line. They were still like yeah, yeah. But the Telluride just, I think, had a little bit more finesse to it, a little mm-hmm. bit more personality to it. So I tended to like that one a little bit better. I think in the time since those first came out, there have been some other really good competitors. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, it's like it's, they, you know, they need to come up a little bit. There needs to it be. It definitely feels like they are four years into their right. vehicle cycle and now. Not, yeah. And it's not like it feels dated to a normal person is going to not feel dated at all right we're looking at new cars all the time so i'm like i can start to see that this vehicle is now a few years old and it's looking a few years old beautiful vehicle still totally worth buying but from my eye and i'm sure from yours you can see that this is now falling a little bit behind but i what i honestly i'm not where i think the next time the next one they're gonna up their game and keep that competitive with what's come out since so i remember when they introduced the palisade it we were in Coeur d'Alene, idaho mm-hmm. and i think you and i drove together on that i believe we and did. so it was it was a while ago so it was four yeah, years ago it feels while. weird because like covid years are different lengths right like so for different things sometimes it's really short so it's really time long. has gone all skewed because of COVID. Yeah. yeah and so we were there for that and i remember we had talked to um chris i remember he's a designer he did he did Palisade and he, he worked on Kona as well but it reminded me of when we were in Kona together driving mm-hmm. the Kona and he took us to a waterfall like an undiscovered waterfall yes. and it was like oh god he did I remember that so we do these really cool we, we travel everywhere right and we get to drive amazing cars but there's moments that you have with people when you're on these trips that just set the mood and you just remember that trip for the rest of your life or you remember this particular experience and being in Kona Chris hopped in the car with him we just had met him yeah he's a designer he, he was, was told like ride nice. with, he, he said he said I was told to ride with you because you guys are fun and I was like well that's flattering buckle up yeah so <laughs> so he took us to this remote waterfall to show us he had been there with his wife and yeah. he just wanted to show us. he's like I think you guys would like this and we went off the beaten path we were up some side road we didn't do the recommended drive route because he was like I got you don't yeah, worry about I know this. where you're going we're not going that way we went for a small hike and it was just like it was so cool and yeah. it, and it's just one of those moments and like that moment like I'm always not impartial to his design because I'm not but it's like every time I see him do well like whether it's like with Palisade or something else happy. yeah you're just like oh yay he's a good man like he made so much fun <laughs> together he's a nice guy and yeah. he makes nice cars like we always do root for people for to succeed in the auto industry some better than others but it was just like that moment where every time I see him we're like you know like and now we know these people are becoming loftier executives and I'm like do you remember when we had drinks at the tiki bar like <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just kind of fun You're to see. You're important now, but four years <laughs> <Yeah>. ago. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of fun to see that. So, like, that's what I think of whenever I think of Palisade is I think him, of him describing, like, the gladiator. And with Kona as well, he said this gladiator grill and how they had put the headlights to make it look like a gladiator. And Kona yes. was that way. And I've had a new generation of Kona coming out. And, God, it hasn't been that long, but it feels like it's been that long. And that's where we are with that. So we're going to take a break. When we get back, we'll talk about minivans versus SUVs. We're going to talk a little bit more about Grand Cherokee, and then we'll talk about some cars. And then Nicole's going to ask me questions, and then we're going to wrap up, and then we're going to fly home. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's how <laughs> it's going to go. Sleep in there somewhere, hopefully. A <laughs> few hours. We'll be right back. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to Fast Women. We're going to discuss minivans, which is not the most sexy topic. It's not? But I think it's important. Because I think, I feel like, I I was going to try and compare it to something. All I can think of is bodily functions we don't talk about, but we all have and have to deal (laughs) with. I don't really want to go there right now. So minivans, right? That's like the thing where you're like, as a a teenager and like as a 20-something, you're like, I will never own a minivan. I'm not a minivan person. I will never own one. And then you come to like three kids and you're like, you know what? I need a minivan. Okay, can I just be honest? I bet a friend that I would never own a minivan when I was pregnant with my first child. I'm like, how old do they have to be before I've won? <laughs> I'm like, they're 19. I think, yeah, I feel like 20. you won now. They don't live I, at home. I think Rafe yeah. owes me $10 yeah. what I'm getting at. <laughs> I think there are minivan people out there and then there are people who are adverse to the minivan. And then there's also people who are like, this is best for my lifestyle at the moment. And minivans, love or hate the way they look, are extremely so functional for kids. families. They're so easy. Because, it, you know, if you have kids and you're trying to get them in the car and you can just, like, pop open a sliding door and they can pile in. From both sides. From both sides. It is so much easier. And just in terms of them getting in, as a parent, like, the load floor is really low. Yep. So they can step right in when they're smaller than they can step into an SUV. And if you've ever seen kids run into an SUV and then fumble the fact that they have to step up as far as they have to step up. Yes. And do that face-first fall thing into the footwell. You yes. avoid some of that. You avoid some bodily injury. We talked about this when I had the carnival a few weeks ago. I sat on the side of it and put ski boots on. When you've got little kids, I can't tell you how many times you put the kid on the side and you dust off their feet from sand or dirt or mud or had them kick off their shoes so they can get in the car you put them in a bag or whatever. That is a real-life scenario mm-hmm. that a minivan really... Ma- and that's not something that happens a little bit. Like, kids go to the playground all the time. They oh, my get God. Dirty. They're kids always, are awful they're and dirty. They're filthy. They're filthy little monsters. Filthy little monsters. We love them. They're filthy little mm-hmm. monsters. And so it's it's one of those things where, like, a minivan does make your life easier in many, many ways for families. So I have to say this. You're an SUV person over a minivan. Mm-hmm. 
I don't have kids of my own, so I never had to worry about it. I appreciate a minivan. I like the Carnival. The Carnival, Kia Carnival is a fantastic minivan. What is an SUV that you'd be like, I wouldn't buy that, but I would instead, like, okay, would you buy the Highlander or would you buy the Sienna for a family practicality's sake? What about me? I yes. would buy the Highlander because I'm anti. I, I, okay, pretend you're not. I just like stoically anti minivan. I can't buy a minivan. It will hurt my soul. I'm sorry. I love you all. The design, though, I just I can't. <laughs> it was like a little stab, stab, stab into my heart. I can't do it. But practically, uh, uh, the Sienna would make more sense. Now, do you, but how do you feel like Sienna versus Carnival? Because we've driven the Sienna together. Oh, Carnival. We've driven the Carnival. You like the Carnival better? I like the Carnival better. Why don't you I, like the Sienna? I, why don't? Not, why do you tell us why do you hate them? I, I hate them, Toyota. Um, no, it's not that I hate the Sienna. I just like the Carnival better. I think the Carnival, the, you know, this is terrible. I like the Carnival because it looks less like a minivan at first glance. <laughs> <laughs> which, is actually, the, which is the most superficial, horrible reason. Um, but I, I like I like the styling of it. And I do think it actually has a very... The interior, I found it very, very comfortable. I actually took that one for a road trip with two other adults along for the ride. And I think okay. we had three kids with us. And so there were we had two vehicles because yeah, we couldn't yeah. quite out. And everyone wanted to ride in the carnival because they nice. thought it was more comfortable. Everybody liked it better. And we squished in there. And so it was just a really, it really did work out well for having a lot of people. It was comfortable. It was quiet. It was easy to drive. I, and it felt less minivan than some minivans. Mm-hmm. Minivans always feel like a little bit like whales. Yeah, because there's so much open there's cavity just, space. There's yeah. just these giant floaty. Yeah, I'm floating. I'm literally making. You I'm are. Making you are floating. Motions like yes. a balloon. Like she doesn't know what floating means. <laughs> um, but I, so they have this very floaty feel to it, and I feel like the carnival has less of it. I would agree with you there. I also hate the Sienna. I'm going to be honest with you. You hate the Sienna. I hate, I hate the Sienna. It. I do. Why do you, you? So you're the one that hates Toyota. Yeah, I do. I hate Toyota. The burning oh, passion Toyota. fire. So why do you hate yeah. Toyota? So <laughs> I hate Toyota because it should be work hurt you. Um, I don't care for numerous things about the Sienna. The yes. number one thing is I feel like it's cheap. I mm. feel like Toyota went into it and they were like, "Where can we cut costs?" Because they knew they weren't going to sell a ton of them, but they were going to sell a good amount of them. But I just feel like it's like they. It's like designers went and they're like, "We could have all this," and they're like. But we're Toyota, so you're going to have to make it cheaper. So, like, the center console is just so high and big, and, like, it's just, like, to me, it's just, like, the materials on it, I'm just, like, this could be in a Sentra. Like, the Sentra has nicer interior materials. Okay. And, like, to me, like, I'm just, like, I I don't need a minivan that's got the nicest thing. I don't need to be a Grand Cherokee or a Grand Cherokee or a Wagoneer. I need it to not look cheap. (laughs) <laughs> and like every Sienna, I get it. I'm just like, this feels cheap. The dashboard looks cheap. The, the, the display looks cheap. The center console looks cheap. Like I just, everything there's, about it, I'm just like unimpressed. There's, you know what it is? There's nothing, even in its fanciest, the highest trims I've driven. And I've driven a bunch yeah. of Siennas over the years. Yeah. So I'm sure I've had a pretty good yeah, yeah, yeah. breadth of trims. Even in the fanciest of Sienna trims, it never feels fancy. Like, okay, let's say you go to the fanciest Pacifica? Yeah. That sucker's fancy. Yeah, that feels like a luxury You van. get pillows. Yes. So you have little pillows for the second row passengers. You get these, like, very, they feel very premium. Somehow Toyota doesn't quite... And I don't know what it is. And there's, like, and, like, Honda feels somewhere in the middle. Like, Honda's it, in the middle. It, it's in the middle. But, like, I just, every time I'm in the Sienna, and I also think that road noise is a huge problem in the Sienna. Mm-hmm. We talk about it being wallowy. Yeah. But, like, I just feel like, I'm like, this just feels cheap. Like, I, it, I feel like they're like, well, we can cut the foam by half. 
and that'll save weight and that'll be better and more efficient and that'll be it's like maybe you know what I'll take two less MPG if you make it so I don't have to hear the wind whirling by me <laughs> like that's how I feel about Sienna like I'm just like I don't I don't understand besides the fact you like Toyotas and you've heard that they have a good reputation because that's what they were 15 years ago right like I don't know why you would buy the Sienna over the Carnival or over like the Odyssey unless or the Pacifica, Pacifica to an extent, like the Pacifica has is has is aging. Yeah, that's very evident. But like, still, I like still I just can't imagine even, a scenario even, where I would want the Sienna. Even aging, I think the Pacifica has a better interior than the Sienna. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Yep. All right, so let's talk about Grand Cherokee Four by E. You what drove it. E? That is that is the plug-in hybrid. It gets what. 30-ish, 25 to 30 I think it's about, I want to say 26 is the number I have yeah. in my head for, but I, that could be wrong. But it, yeah, it's, about, it's like 25 to 30 range for all electric driving. That's not bad. No, like, it's that's not fine. Bad. That's fine. Yeah. That's daily driving. You're fine. Okay, so there's a couple other vehicles that it competes against. Um, there's four. You and I have driven three of them. Well, I've driven at least three of them. Okay. I haven't driven the fourth one. So there's the Sorento, the Kia Sorento plug-in. Mm-hmm. The Lincoln Aviator plug-in, mm-hmm. Volvo XC90 plug-in, mm-hmm. and the Range Rover Sport plug-in. Mm-hmm. Um, out of those, which is your choice? If which of the comp- which of those competing vehicles yes. is my choice? Range Rover. Why the Range Rover Sport? Because I think I like I like the look and feel of the Range Rover Sport. It has some of the capability, you know, so you can you can mm-hmm. do stuffs in it. You can you know that whole capable jeep thing you can do stuff in the yep. in, in the sport um and i like the look and the style and it does i mean it's not a cheap vehicle it has a premium look and feel to it mm-hmm. that i like i really liked that car i agree with you every, i was like every time i drive the volvo xc90 i want it to be better because i really like the volvo yeah and they're not it's not going away they're just going to keep refreshing it for a little while while they get that ex90 off the ground right um but I just I, I I really like the Range Rover Sport. I think it is really looks good. There's some paint colors we had it in. We were in Madrid separately but together yeah. to drive it. And I just I like there's some blues and some like virgin on purple, it's like some really, indigos that are really, really striking. It's really striking. It has great styling to it. It has a presence to it, and I like how it handles as well. It feels like a solid vehicle. Like mm-hmm. when you're driving it, it feels solid. It feels like it would be able to handle the aforementioned snowbanks yes. that are everywhere in New England. Um, it does feel like it's sturdy and capable, and I like that. I want that in any SUV. I agree with you on that. So Sorento Pihev, it's been a little bit since I drove the Sorento Pihev. Um, I'm going to be honest, I was really impressed with it. No, like, it's I think, like If you told me like you have that or Highlander hi- Hybrid, I'd be like, no, I'll take the Sorento Pihev any Same. day of the week. Yeah. I think that's really good. I have not driven the Aviator Pihev. I've driven the Aviator once, years ago. I feel like I drove it for a hot minute, and I don't have a real... I don't know if that's because it was so long ago that I last drove an mm-hmm. Aviator. That it didn't make a huge impression, or if it was because it wasn't good enough to make a huge impression. I remember when that car debuted, it debuted at New York at the auto show, and it was like, oh my god, this car looks so good. Mm -hmm. And then it came to market and it was like, yeah, it was like Debbie Downer. Nobody, and nobody's really. I don't know. Does anybody really look at Lincoln? I mean, I still people no, like we yeah. don't. People buy it. They think it's like the best selling Lincoln there is. But if it's, it's close, it's not. Lincoln, if it's is close. Still, is that still good? Good selling? Does that still? I mean, it's fine. I mean, they're making. I'm gonna say they're making money on. It. I honestly don't know if they're making money on it. <laughs> um, Buzz Aldrin has one. I know that. Wait, didn't don't I thought astronauts were only allowed to buy Corvettes. Well, not no mo. And honestly, have you seen Buzz Aldrin? Do we want him in a Corvette? <laughs> probably like, not. Like I don't. I feel like we're past that point. <laughs> probably that's the man can barely walk. He did just get married, but he can barely he walk. He did to this very much younger looking. 
Lady, and good for you, Buzz. Good for you, Buzz. Yeah, and it, actually, he got married. Our friend Wendy from uh, Genesis was at an event yes. that he had gotten married uh, earlier that day. Yes. Like, he got married, and then he came to the event. She's like, oh, my God, there's Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you're 90, I don't know how many times he's been married. I feel like he's been married a couple times, though. I, it, has to I, be, it has to be a few in there. I mean, honestly, though, if you're like, guys, I went to the moon. You're, you're going to get some ladies. You're not going to have a hard time finding a chick. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> let, let's just be honest. And we can say that as women. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we like the Range Rover Sport the best. I agree with you. I think that design of the Range Rover Sport is fantastic. I liked it. I would own a Range Rover Sport. I very much enjoyed it. Four times. Four times you've enjoyed it? No, Buzz Aldrin has been married. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you've driven it four times. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin, four times he's four been times. married. Well, once, twice, three times a lady. Maybe it's Google, just four times as lucky. That's what the Google says. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Okay. And I feel like that's about average for astronauts. Like, they don't last a long time. I don't think I'll be able to Google average number of times astronauts are married. I you would be surprised what Google can come up with. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, you research that. We will take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about some sedans, some off-road stuff, and then Nicole's going to ask me some questions before we go to sleep. And then go to the airport. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to Fast Women. Nicole has been Googling, (laughs) trying to find out how often astronauts get married. Nicole, what has the Google said to you as the very first result? Okay, my very first result is SpaceX is serious business. So I think that answers the question. No, you can't just Google this yeah. answer. <laughs> I feel like I have more questions than answers now, and I don't want to Google some of those. No, no more Googling of this. No, so th- turn Safe Search on, please, if yeah, it is not right. already. <laughs> I know you're an adult, but please turn it on. Um, okay, so setting SpaceX and astronaut marriages aside, let's talk a little bit about Nissan. We talk a lot in the industry about how Nissan feels very lost right now. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that Nissan is doing very, very well. We both like the Aria. We think it's a good yes. vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really, it's kind of started just going on sale. That is what it is. Leaf is going out. The Nissan Altima and the Nissan Sentra are two of the best things that Nissan has going for it right now. People aren't buying sedans like they used to. But if you have rented a car lately, there's a pretty good chance you've had an Altima or, or, yeah. or Sentra or a Versa. Let's specifically focus on Altima for a moment. I recently drove the Altima SR, which okay. is a mid-grade level Altima. Something has going for it is it has a really good interior. Like I was, I was actually kind of impressed with it. Um, really great infotainment system. It's got a new generation of infotainment. I'm going to call it widgets because that's what Jeep calls them, and that's what is it coming to that's my head what's in your head now? Because we were talking about Jeep. Um, it, it's got it's got the configurable. I think it's Android Auto based sort of uh, of configurable screen where you've got right. different things. Huge upgrade from what is what 
is currently in most Nissans. Mm-hmm. They get points for that. Again, yes. that they're finally on the right track with that. It wasn't the most stable in the car. There were a couple times it crashed while I was driving. I don't know where the production cycle. Not the car. Yes, not the car. The car was great. (laughs) I don't know, you know, where it was in the production cycle. I there were sometimes I had issues with. There was one time I pulled over because the screen just shut off. Um, but that could be a faulty part. I don't know. I'm going to give Nissan the benefit of the doubt with that Mm -hmm. because they have a long track record of the infotainment systems actually working exactly as they're supposed to. Giving them the benefit of that with that. That being said, that car gets tremendous fuel economy. It has. What is about 500 miles of range? Yeah. So it's like the cross track where you know we're talking about like 500 miles of range is you not can drive anything. A long ways before yes. you. Yes. It's great for a road trip. It's relatively comfortable. It's a little loud, but it's fine. Um, but it's a great vehicle. Like I it would is. not be upset if I had a daily Altima. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be my first choice, which I think is the problem that Nissan's running into. Yeah. Like I would want an SUV, but Altima's a great vehicle. Sentra, the same thing. And I can't believe those price points are what they are. Yeah, that's the thing. You're, you know, you're not getting the super premium kind of top trims that you get in some brands when you're going with Nissan. Yeah. But it's nicely equipped for the price. It's a good deal. Yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of from driving no. Altima or no. a Sentra. Like you can, you can kind of say you're gonna crap on it. Like as as oh, you drive a Nissan. Well, you know what? It's a damn good car. Yeah, I, I, and it's weird. People do crap on Nissan, but I'm like, no, they're. They're solid. It's not like it's the most exciting vehicle you can find. Yeah. But it's solid. They're attractive. They have nice interiors, good fuel economy. The things you talked about, they're decent cars. And I, I like an Ultima. I, I, like I think for the, average, for the average buyer, and I think that's yeah. what a lot of journalists, I'm going to say, and enthusiasts lose sight of. It's like, what's good for the average buyer? A person right. who's shopping for a sedan for a commuter car or whatever... It's a perfectly fine vehicle. Like, your Charger Hellcat is not your commuter car. No. I know as the enthusiast, that's what y'all think you want. You don't want to drive to work every day in that if you have no. a 40-mile commute. You want something like an Altima. Absolutely. And so something like an Altima would be a Hyundai Sonata, a Kia yeah. K5, or a Toyota Camry. Yes. Where I, I'm going to proposition you with this. Oh, goodness. Would you rather have an Altima, or would you rather have a K5, a Camry, or a Sonata? Um, gosh, you know what? Okay, top of my head, I'm going to say Sonata. Really? Yeah. What makes you want a Sonata? Well, I kind of like the styling on the Sonata. It's different. I like the Okay, so there's these the way the lights come sort of kind of along there's a metal a metal like bar, a, like an like illuminated bar. light right. bar. There's like yeah. an illuminated light bar, and I like that. So I, I feel just like, think it makes I have a thing for lights, I've discovered. Like when lights on a car are cool. Mm-hmm. Like I love the lights on the new on the EV9. I love the Thor's hammer lights on, on the, the Volvos. Volvos. Yep. Lights are a thing. To me somehow that's like a key like, yes, I like your car. And I love how the lights look on the Sonata. Okay. I'm, uh, that is your personal preference. That would not be my preference, but I'm happy for you. The what Sonata you is pick? a perfectly good car. I like the K5. The K5? I like yeah. the way the K5 drives. Now, I will say this. You and I were together. One of our first times together was the launch of the current generation of Camry. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh. We drove a Camry up a logging okay. road in, oh, in Oregon, we which I do not recommend. Did, it, it, no. it did okay. I don't recommend to it. To the Camry's credit, and, and, and ever since I leaned up, I have judged. It's like, well, we could take a Camry on this. And people are like, no, you couldn't. We're like, mm, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I, neither of us picked the Camry. No. Is it because the Camry's old? Is it because it's boring? Like, what? What? why not the Camry? But we're just, like, not happy with Toyota, are we? First we I, were harshing on the Sienna, now we're like, Camry. Um, why would I not pick the Camry? Um, is it, I don't want to say it's boring, but at the same time, it doesn't have enough personality. I just feel like there's better. Yeah. Like, the Camry's fine. I just feel like there's and better. Toyota has great reliability ratings, so you've got the Toyota reliability yeah. behind that. But I... It just, 
It does not. What's, what's it does not spark thing? joy. Oh my gosh, that's what I was trying to. It's, it does not spark joy. The Marie Kondo no. thing. There's nothing but a Camry that sparks joy with me. No, it, it sparks. Spark. This is fine. Yeah, it sparks fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, okay. So you would choose a Sonata. I would choose a K5. There's nothing wrong with an Ultima. You're going to win with that. All right, last one we're going to talk about. You have recently driven the Mazda CX-50. Yes. Now, I drove this very, very briefly in Detroit. I'm talking like 10 minutes in Detroit. And I was like, hmm, okay. And that's kind of the way I feel about most of Mazda product right now, where I'm just like, this is a Mazda. Okay. That's my answer to it. So, yeah, driving it is fine. There's nothing special. But I, what, two things I love about, well, one thing I love about this Mazda that they've added in recently, and one thing I love about all Mazdas, I love their interiors. They're beautiful. They do a really good job of giving mm-hmm. you this very premium feel. It's comfortable. I love how the seats are. It always has a very sporty feel to it yep. across the trim range of any particular Mazda that you pick. Um, and this one was no exception. I thought it was a really striking interior, the way they do their interior design. I liked it. What I generally don't like about Mazda is the infotainment, but this one is a halfway to actually being halfway decent for infotainment. It's halfway to halfway decent? It's a quarter decent? It's a, it's a quarter decent. Maybe I did the math. I'm a communications major. I did that math. It's maybe a third decent. Oh. So deuce, yeah. So Ooh. the thing that I don't like is I don't like the infotainment, the dial controller. Right. I don't find them easy. I know Mazda will give you exact figures and say it takes you know, 5.2 minutes and 37 seconds to whatever. Mazda's to really good about giving you facts and figures, they, but that, they're not yeah. good with the emotion part of it. And they say that it's supposed to get easier, that it is supposed to be better, and that it's supposed to keep your eyes in order. I find it horribly distracting. I don't like having to use the dial because I'm trying to focus on moving this little spinny dial and looking at the screen, and inevitably I feel like it takes my attention away from the that road. That feels like it's three things long. to take your attention right? away as opposed to just two. It's like too much attention. Yeah. So then they added in a touch screen. But the touchscreen isn't entirely a touchscreen. You can use the touchscreen with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto when the vehicle is parked. You can't do it when you're driving, but there is a setting. You can go in and you can mess within the infotainment system, and you can make the Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. You can play with that stuff while it's while the car is driving. But wait, wait, if wait. you take it out and you just want to use the native Mazda system, good luck with that. Wait, okay, so you're telling me that if I a song comes on my playlist and I'm like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm sorry, Marin Morris, I'm just not feeling you today. And I want to skip ahead. I cannot skip ahead? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, you could skip ahead if you, I guess, Picked up my phone. dial. Can you control it with the dial? I haven't tried to skip ahead, I mean. But you can't, you can't touch screen it when it's in motion. That's the normal, that's the normal f- default thing. You can't touch screen it with some motion, but there is supposed to be a setting inside where you can make it touch screen while it's in motion but you go in the settings I, and you have to change and it, it does it reset after every I want to say that it does reset but oh, don't go to but hell don't Mazda <laughs> no no don't go no. on that Mazda no. I'm wrong I'm pretty sure you have I, to reset it I recall trying to get into those settings more than once when I was driving it no that is beyond unacceptable it there is no other car that is, I mean, and there might be, but like, I'm pretty sure there is no other car that requires me to not have to use my phone to operate the infotainment system yes. while the infotainment system is running my phone. Because yeah, I wasn't trying to mess around with it while I was, I was not doing anything that required me to, to I just remember using the dial still to do things. No, but. no, I, no, absolutely not. No, I'm over it. No. No, no. I, I stick by my statement. I do not care. Okay, okay so Mazda CX-50. Yes. Now, okay, so it's it's key competitors. You and I were talking earlier. Bronco Sport, which yes. we all know how we feel about Bronco Sport. Yes. Not just an Escape in an auto box. It is, it is in fact, a viable <laughs> vehicle. Yes. CRV. 
No, yes. I've driven the new CRV. You don't think you have? You I'm pretty sure I have not driven the new CRV I, yet. I like it so much. I told my dad to buy one. That should just wow. tell you. Yeah, like that's that's where I was at with it. Um, and Rav Four, Rav Four, Rav Four Hybrid. Again, a vehicle that you and I have driven together at the launch. We drove this new generation. I had an allergy attack. You rushed me to an Asian grocery store to purchase <laughs> Benadryl and Red Bull, I, so yeah. I could like shotgun Benadryl, I which is things, yes. a whole different friendship level. Um, Okay, so let's talk about this. So CX-50, they say it's an off-roady vehicle. Now, Bronco Sport is far more capable off-road. I would put this in the category of, like, RAV4 off-roading. Like, it can go on a trail, but that's about it. Yeah, it can go on a trail, and that's about it. And the, the it, Yeah, it can go on. It, it is not... If you're looking for a car that off-roads, this is, not your, this is not your car. If you're looking for something that, like, I occasionally need to drive on a dirt road because I'm... Uh, you know, someplace where the the overflow parking isn't a dirt parking, you know, a dirt yeah, yeah. field or, uh, you know, it's it, they're just the, the few official roads, but they happen to be dirt in my town that I need to drove over, drive mm-hmm. over. But again, you could take your camera across it too. That's the kind of off-roading, but it's not, it, and it, they, it's not really off-road, off-road. It's not. Yeah. No, I, I got that impression too. Like it just, it's just unimpressive. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have to ask you, yes. you have not been the CRV. But versus Bronco Sport, versus RAV4, versus the new CRV, what you know about it, which of those is on top of your list? Bronco Sport. I really like the Bronco Sport. I do, too. I mean, CRV serves its purpose. Yeah. Um, I like the styling of the Bronco Sport. I like that it's so unique looking. Don't care if the Heritage didn't like the one that looked like an egg yolk. Yes. But, like, I, I like I like the Bronco Sport a lot. I like the Bronco Sport. I think it's a nice happy medium between a Bronco... Like like it's for it's more the average person's Bronco, so to speak. It like, doesn't look like a regular a regular SUV, right? It, ha- it still has a sort of unique styling. It's it's cute and fun and attractive, and it is still incredibly capable. Mm-hmm. Without like, okay, what if I don't have the budget or the need to do everything a Bronco can do? Yeah, I want like Bronco light. That's kind of yeah. what it is. It is not a straight up Bronco. It does not no. have that kind of capability. It doesn't profess to be but either. It, but it's not trying to be. It's like yeah. the Bronco Sport is its own little standalone vehicle, and I feel like it does a good job of doing that. And I think it's a nice alternative if you don't actually want all the capability of the Bronco. You just want a little bit of that, or you don't want an Escape. Like, yes, and that's what we're seeing with the Escape. sales numbers. Like, it's selling just as well as the Escape. Yeah. I would do the Sport before I would do the Escape. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. So, do we like? I mean. I don't really like the RAV4. I'm going to be honest. I think the RAV4 Prime is the best RAV4, but yeah. I just don't like the RAV4. Like, I, I just actually, don't. I like the Prime. I like, I'm not, I, I, I am, <laughs> hey, Toyota, I found one I don't dislike. Um, I like the, I like the RAV4 more than like what we were talking about with the Sienna. Yeah. I like it. I, I like it better than the Camry. I think it has a little more personal. It's just, yeah, I feel like it's a good job. It, it's a good, I will get the job done for the price I said, and I will come in on budget and on time. It yeah. is the contractor you actually went to hire again. It yes. Is- <laughs> yeah, like it is It is nothing, it does. It, it professes to not be more than it is. Mm-hmm. And I give it credit for that. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite. It's a very competitive segment. Yeah. But they sell a lot of them, and I know why they do. It's yeah. just not my favorite. Yeah. But I do think the new CRV is going to give a lot of people, like if you are a Toyota loyalist, and you haven't been in the new CRV, you should go drive it. Well, you know, I keep thinking about it, and like I said, I haven't driven it, but when I when they did the HRV, yes, the difference between the old HRV and the new HRV huge. was dramatic. That's the same thing with so CRV. I'm, and like, if the CRV has done the same thing, then it's going to be a huge improvement. Yeah, it felt like a huge leap forward, especially because the hybrid's the more powerful one. Like they took that tack, mm-hmm. and it just works. Like it just works. And uh, like I said, I told my dad he should buy one. Yeah, when he was asking me for advice, and so it tells you what I think of it. I think honestly. Yeah. All right, so we will do that. When we get back, we're going to hear more of my opinions, which I know you 
cherish every moment of that. Nicole's going to ask me some questions. Have you come up with questions? I do. See, that's what I was typing on my phone. Oh, fabulous. All right. So we will come back. I will answer your questions, and then we will go to sleep and wake up and go to the airport. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, welcome back to Scorecard. Nicole, I'm ready to answer your questions. Are you ready for me to answer your questions? I am ready for answers. I mean, question number one. All right. Wagoneer or Grand Wagoneer? Wagoneer. Why Wagoneer? Because the pricing is better. And I feel like the only thing that I would really want on Grand Wagoneer that I can't get on Wagoneer is going to be the safety and driver assist technology. Okay. And I'm willing to let most of that slide because it's like $30,000 less. Right, you're paying a chunk of change for yes. the extras. And so also, this- I don't care for the chrome. I really don't. You're not I really, a, you're I think the chrome. chrome. I, I'm not anti-chrome. I think I'm anti-chrome. I'm Grand Wagoneer. Like I was, okay, done, like, that's like, fair. Like, I was Grand Wagoneer when it launched. Now I'm, and now I'm Team Wagoneer. Team Wagoneer. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm still, still a team, good place to I'm be. I'm still Team Grand Wagoneer because we had one when I was like 12. So it's that's nostalgic. perfectly reasonable. But it had wood paneling. I really think this does this, not have it wood. Should have offered as an option. They made a mistake. The honey colored. They wood. have made a mistake. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so minivan or SUV? For you, you have to buy one. You can't. Buy I have to buy one and buy an you, SUV. You're buying an SUV. Why? Yeah. Um, I like first of all the I like being up in the air. Mm-hmm. I like I like flying high. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like a I like an off-road SUV. If you were telling ask me what I wanted to buy, if I could buy an SUV right now and I could buy anything, I would buy something performancey, mm-hmm. something German and performancey. And then my next thing would be something like a Bronco. Like okay. I, I I very much want. I like that yin and yang. Like I'm very much a sports a sports car sports driver person, but I also want to be able to run over stuff. Okay. All right, that's fair. I like running over stuff that's legal to run over. Yes, um, of course, all in legal terms. All legal things to yes. run over. Uh, so uh, we're on a, on a Kia kick here. Well, I think I know the answer because you had the last question, but um, would you do the Kia Carnival or the Kia Telluride? Oh, I would do the Carnival, actually. You would do the Carnival? I would. I like the Carnival better than the Telluride. Why do you like the Carnival? Because you said I, you like the SUV better than the minivan. Right, because I just think the Carnival is a better package. I like the Telluride. I like the drive of the Carnival better, which is something you don't usually say with a minivan. Yeah. But I do think that the Carnival is better to drive. Okay. And it doesn't have that cavernous feel like you get with a lot of minivans. I think it's almost more passable as yeah. like a regular passenger vehicle. What do they call it? They don't even call it a minivan. They call it a... Uh, Multi-purpose vehicle. But they don't MPV. call it that. They just call that in the U.S. I forget what they call it in Canada. I was with some lovely Canadian journalists in Korea, and they were telling us they call it something else in Canada. Oh, really? Like, it's got a different abbreviation over there, and it's got a different abbreviation in Europe. Like, it's just marketing stuff. It's just a minivan, folks. Like, I know they didn't want it to be a minivan because... It's a minivan. It's a minivan. It's and a minivan. It's a great minivan. There's it's nothing wrong one. with it. Yep, it's a good I one. I would be happy being picked up by an, at the airport in a carnival like I was when I got to Seoul at any airport across the U.S. I would be happy with that. We could change all t- taxi services to the carnival. I would be you happy would be with happy. that. No problem with that. Taxi services, be gone with your taxis. 
I don't need your Rev Four hybrid. Like a fleet of carnivals. I would like a very f- yes, a fleet of carnivals okay. would be lovely. I would accept a fleet of carnivals. Okay, this one is about a feature that I. I so minivans, you have kids generally, which means Cheerios and stray French fries everywhere. Yes. So they have put in many a minivan the car vacuum. Yes. Would you do the car vacuum? Hell no. Why not? It's another thing for me to clean. Yeah. Like, if I want to go get my car detailed, I don't have to worry about whether or not they detailed my vacuum. Like, I, because I would be the person, like, my husband for my birthday will take my car and get it detailed for me. Yes. That's like a thing I ask for. It's our car. It's not my car. Our car. And, like, I don't want to have to worry about that. Like, I have a shop vac. If I was actually going to spend the time to vacuum out my vehicle, like, that's what I would use. Why would I need yet another thing? Like, that's what I have to feel about. I'm like, okay. it's just unnecessary that's for me. That's fair. I, it, because everyone gets really excited about the car vacuum. And I, every time I've tried to use one when I've had a minivan that yeah. has one, I always feel like it's the most awkward. Like, I'm like I'm a skit from a slapstick comedy. Like, I can't <laughs> pull the hose yes. out. And, yeah. I will say this, though. I miss, and this is where I live in the South, they don't have a lot of self-service car washes like they used to. I think those are kind of going away everywhere. But I remember as a kid, it being a big deal when like, you went to the car wash. You could clean your car. You could help clean your car. Yeah. And then the kids helped vacuum it. Yes. And I remember as a kid, think that was the coolest thing. And I realized what a racket my mom had going. Like, She's like, hey, honey, you want to clean the car? Yeah, this yes, powerful please. vacuum that could suck you in. Like, that was really cool. So I think that might be why I'm also partial to it, where I'm like, I could just go like industrial hose it for a dollar and quarters, and like, <laughs> and, like That's I could, I, and I have, and done. I actually have done that on a press car. I have gone. There's one by my house. I know exactly where it is, and it works every time. And you fill up the tire, and you've got the little vacuum. Like it's all I need. Good We're to good. Go. Okay. Yeah. So last question, because you're talking about interiors and luxury cars mm-hmm. and what they're made of. And does a luxury car have to have leather and wood, or can a luxury car still look like luxury with, like, sustainable, non-traditional materials? It does not require leather. And I think the perfect example of this is the new Volvo EX90, which has a lovely wool blend seat that is just gorgeous. Mm. And there's some vehicles out there, even like Lamborghini, I believe it's Lamborghini, it might be McLaren, one of the two, maybe both, are using a cashmere, a woven cashmere oh, on their seats. Cool. Yeah. Like, there's some really cool stuff with with headliners and stuff, and you're able to get different colors than you are, so you get some like some neat colors that when you move it's one color, when you mm-hmm. move a different way it's a different color. There's some really cool stuff coming that is both sustainable and luxurious to the touch and feel, and it comes away from a lot of like the dashboard covers and things like, like we call it the crash pad cover, which is actually a name for it, in, in a lot of dashboards, and you're just like, okay, that's cool. Like The car we drive today, we drive the Ionic 6 today, it had green. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's so much cool stuff you can do with cool colors that leather is almost limiting because you want it to be more of a natural, like a brown or a black or right. a honey colored. And like, I love the wools and the textures because honestly, too, like I live in the South. The amount of times I burn the backs of my legs well, on right leather. Well, I'm right back at it. If you're in the, if you live somewhere where it's really cold and it's zero degrees and you get on leather seats and yeah. they feel freezing cold. And they're stiff. Yeah. And they're stiff. So I think, I think it's great that we're not moving and it's not like cloth seats, but it is, it's a different seat. And okay. I like it. That's I'm all it. for it. All right. That's all I got. That's all you got. All right. We'll be back next time. We're going to sleep. We're going to get on airplanes and go home. And then we'll come back at you with a special episode of Fast Women talking about the Newsweek Disruptor Awards, which is something I work on all year round. Nicole's going to join me. And we're going to talk a little bit about who won, why they won. And we'll probably talk about things we don't like that they've done because that's how we are. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Bye. 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 
After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The parting shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.